0: Silence your cell
1: phones now. What's good? Welcome back to the Pop-Off Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Campiano, and this is the first episode of Underage Dunking, the newest series in the Pop-Off Pod universe, where I will be joined by a bevy of different guests to talk about underage NBA players, people that can't drink yet. We're focusing on the summer league gurus of the world, 18, 19, 20 years old, just the kids that we want to get excited about, and specifically the 2023 NBA draft class who is a, you know, a class that hosts perhaps the best pr- prospect in the NBA's history other than LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Victor Wembanyama, And to talk about Victor Wembanyama and a bunch of other players, I'm joined by resident Spurs reporter Ben Masterson, uh, the one and only Spurs fan that I know and the one and only one that we have that ever has come on the pod. So what's poppin', Masterson? How we doing, dog?
0: Man, I've I prayed for times like these. It's yeah. been amazing been amazing yeah. man
1: you haven't had it for what nine years since yeah. Duncan retired
0: yeah it's been uh we've been kind of floating in the abyss we really didn't have a direction for a while and we figured out a direction and it was kind of something that needed to happen for a long while but it ended up working out
1: it just happened to fall in your lap once again the third number one overall pick yeah. you guys have had the first two panned out pretty well David Robinson and Tim Duncan you guys have also had French players like Boris Dia and Tony Parker in the program. So that was the kind of the first thing that came to my mind with Wemby was it couldn't have been a better fit. I did not want to see him end up in Charlotte. Houston felt like it could have been a little bit sloppy. The fact the thing that he's was, going to San Antonio is just like it's almost too perfect. It's almost too good to be true. And yeah, as a Spurs I, fan, I'm sure that resonates.
0: Yeah, and it just and that was the biggest thing that I kind of took away from watching him is just like. How fortunate it is that and I know it's it's Homer sounding, but to have him go to an organization where he can grow and develop. Because like the biggest takeaway from the weekend for me was just how raw the athleticism and how raw the talent is, where you can see flashes and and he'll take over a game for a short spurt, but like he needs the right system to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if he went to somewhere like Houston, maybe they try to rush it. And that was a big thing, too, was, like, I'm happy they didn't try and go and make a move for Dame when there was that weird report that he was, like, kind of interested and respected. Yeah, he just respects the
1: organization. It, like, what a flirty fucking weird thing to so say. So
0: weird. So weird. That whole situation has been so fucking weird and bizarre. It's like
1: a girl, like, slapping your butt at a bar and you're like, wait, is this a thing or is this just, like, something you're doing because you have, like, six, like, tequila pineapples? Like, what's your deal? Yeah, yeah, Dame's so- a little bit too flirty for me, but I mean, you're right. Like if he would have ended up like, I think the rawness is huge because people had this idea in their mind because they probably haven't watched him. They've probably seen yeah. the highlights. I watched one game of his and it was the G League Ignite game where he played against Scoot. I think that like last October or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, he is 19, 18 years old. What is he? He's like 18 years, 19. 19 and he's still Mm -hmm. figuring out how to fucking play basketball like he's so young he's a baby deer out there trying to figure out what can i get away with like i'm seven foot five i can handle i can shoot i can guard every area of the court but where am i going to be most effective and after two summer league games he obviously hasn't figured out a lot but he doesn't really have to because he's so yeah. physically imposing like i think the play that keeps sticking around my mind is the deep outlet where he catches it and he's essentially dunking up for from outside the lane line it was like the most miraculous yeah. thing i've ever seen yeah. in my life i've never yeah, seen somebody rim like that
0: right yeah i because i was like he started off that second game really slow and i was like oh man it's happening again like right. i just i wasn't nervous about the prospect but i was just so tired of like like everyone being like oh is he a bus is he a bus because they expected something way different and so for him to like i it just feels like that's when everything flipped that and the like the under the legs crossover that he had into a pull-up jumper and just drilled it and it was like so silky so beautiful looking i was like okay he's here to play
1: i mean i think that's actually the thing that stands out most with him other other than the ridiculous size and the skill and all that is he's kind of a fiery little fucker and yeah
0: he was you gotta have people. some
1: dog in you like he the first game like before the game starts he shakes everybody's hand and then he like kind of brings on the crowd he's like I know you came to Vegas to see this fucker yeah. right here like let's get after he got it the and yeah he doesn't have the best game but that's all right maybe he's trying to do a little bit too much. I mean he took like the first three shots like he attempts yeah. a pull up um he missed a dunk like-
0: he was setting up, like, if you've ever been to a Harlem Globetrotters game, where they, like, right. really set up their fucking dribble moves to, like, get the crowd going. It didn't seem like it was anything, I don't know. It just seemed like he was kind of playing into the moment a little bit, which I thought was neat.
1: He's, I've just never seen anything like it. Like, I, every time I, I turn on this fucking TV and I tap into, like, some kind of highlight, it's like, okay, it's a highlight reel. I should come to expect something insane to happen. But I just keep going back to that play where it's like the elasticity and the way that he's – let me put it this way. I want to talk about him in the same context as Chet, right? Because yeah. Chet was this for us last summer, and I think that the year that he took off was huge for his development. He got the chance to put on reportedly like 30 pounds, whatever He it looks might be.
0: like – he looks like not skinny, you know, right. like it, seeing him run up and down the court. It was like proportionally sized. He to everyone. wiry like, yeah, He looks yeah. like he
1: actually has like a little bit of muscle and tone to him, which is good. And I'm watching both of them play. And I have like this idea in my head of what they both want to do. They both want to be rim attacking guys. And I think yeah. that thing that sets them both apart so much from other guys that have been this size that have tried to do this kind of thing um, even though they probably haven't been able to, is how low they get when they're handling the ball. Yeah. And I was just talking about this kid on my AAU team before this. He dribbles the ball really high still because he's six foot three. He's still figuring it out. And he has, like, this ridiculous wingspan, and he can get away with it because he's playing against sixth graders. Right. If you put that ball above your hip, even in the summer league, like, it's going to get ripped. And if you aren't quick and decisive with your movement and your decisions and the paint, then you're going to turn it over. So we've seen that a little bit with Wemby. But then again, like you just go back to the fact he's 19 years old. Like he's gonna figure this stuff out as it goes. But where do you think he's most effective right now? Do you think it is as a passer? Is it as a rim protector? Is it as a low post threat? Like what's kind of the thing that's sticking out to you? Is it like getting a rebound, outlet, pushing the tempo? Like where does he fit into the actual Spurs with Trey Jones and Vassell and Keldon?
0: That's a really, really good question. I really like him as, um, I. I thought they started to use him well, where they started to find him in the middle more. So I'd like a screen, I'd like him to be the screener. And then, like, he gravitates and draws so much attention, where even in Summer League, he's having double, triple teams, and you have effective shooters and effective playmakers like Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Sohan. Like, you have people on the perimeter that know what to do, or know what to do with the ball once they have it. Um, Not as much with what we were seeing with the Summer League, where I thought, they were kind of having a hard time finding him. Um, And it kind of, I don't know, I thought it disrupted the flow a little bit. So that's how I like him. (laughs) I like him on the perimeter. Um, And then, dude, the defense just speaks for itself. I mean, the most impressive thing, I think the most impressive thing out of everything that I've watched, I've watched both full games, and the most impressive thing is the block three-point shots to me. Just how much ground he covers. And, like, Brandon Miller, like, releases high. And just the fact that he did <laughs> shit out of that shot. Like, it didn't even hit rim. It just killed their trajectory. It's so impressive. Like, he has the potential to lead the NBA in blocks so early. And I don't think that's hyperbolic to say.
1: <laughs> I think it was Windhorst said it on a podcast that he was like, people are going to be shocked when they see him protecting the rim one second and then blocking a corner three the next <laughs> second just because, like, the extension is going to be there. And... The other thing is, is you can have all of the length in the world, but if you don't have defensive awareness, like that's the thing about him is, he thinks the game at a really high yeah. level for this age, especially yeah. defensively. Like he has really good instincts and awareness, and that's only going to get polished with newly signed extended. Uh, Greg Popovich, congrats to you on that. Five, years. five years of Pop I was is nice. Shocked, you dude! Everything goes your way. This is so fucking bullshit. Like you <laughs> just, just, with, get this kawai- like just with this organization,
0: just with this organization.
1: Yeah, it's I love it. It's
0: it's that's my team. But but
1: again, offensively, it's like he's kind of suffering from the Jabari Smith thing where like at Auburn and in Houston last year, like nobody's really looking to get Jabari involved. Like with the Spurs, yeah. it's like Blake Wesley, yeah. all these guys in the summer league, they're trying to make fucking teams. Like they're trying to yeah. stand out and make a name for themselves. Whereas in the NBA, yes, like you're still fighting for your basketball life. But at the same time, you're working towards a bigger goal. And the Summer right. League, n- nobody's really worried about a championship. They're worried about a contract. And is going to suffer from that a little bit. He's done for the Summer League. They called it off. They saw the two games. Perfect. The first one didn't yep. go great. Perfect. The second game was fucking immaculate. I mean, what, 27 and 14, whatever it was. Yep. Like He's putting up Cooper flag numbers out there. Uh, <laughs> just, just like a, a sight to behold. But um, I want to go back to Chet really quick because I'm looking at the rookie of the year odds numbers. I'm seeing Wemby's the favorite. I think he's, like, plus 125 or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, There's now a restriction on awards that I think will go into place this year. You have to play at least 65 games. So he's at plus 125, I believe. Scoot is at plus 300, and I think Chet is at plus 500. He might have gone down a little bit to, like, plus 450, somewhere in that range. I'm liking Chet because... I think the Thunder are going to have more nationally broadcasted games than the Spurs, most likely, because they'll actually definitely. be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Um, they're a really exciting team last year. They got into the play-in. They fought. They scrapped. They have a good roster. Uh, definitely a better roster than the Spurs right now. No offense. But they have a guy who Sun is, take. I think, top um, top five in the MVP voting, right? did SGA, finished top five in MVP. Um, Giddy. He was five, five or right, right it, below it, yeah. Giddy was like top three in the Rookie of the Year contention two years ago. And then you have Chet coming in the picture. And then Jalen Williams, obviously, who's a stud as well. So my thing with the Thunder is that usually the Rookie of the Year award, they don't take winning into consideration because the guys that are competing for that award are Palo Bancaro with the Magic. It right. was like yeah. 30 and 52. But I think the Thunder is good Gunner. enough this year where he impacts winning enough that they're like, you know what, like – I mean, he's not, he's technically a rookie, and it sounds weird. It's like the Blake Griffin thing again. But I think what he's going to be able to do defensively is going to be Wemby esque. They're going to make a similar impact on that end. And I think he's a little bit more polished offensively. So I'm going to, if I I am a gambling man, I'm going to put some money on Chet to win rookie of the year.
0: I really don't think, I've never had the idea that Wemby was going to win it. Like, it just feels like. Is it because of the 65-game thing, or is it because, like... Partially. I think that's the thing that made me the most nervous from the weekend, is just the way that he fell. Every single time he fell, I was audible. Like, I could not hold myself from saying, like, oh, shit, or... Yeah. Like, I was, you know... um, And I I just don't think that that's something that's sustainable for 82 games. I also think that they load-manage him, at least for the first season, and kind of, like, build him into... The process like I don't think they just throw you especially with San Antonio they're not going to throw him into I don't so that's part of it but I also just think that that, like you said Chet looks a lot more polished mm-hmm. um, so I think it's between Scoot and Chet honestly because I think depending on how Oklahoma City does obtain success if they do there's a lot of mouths to feed on that team and a lot of people that will contribute so maybe that doesn't look as good as as if Dame gets traded and and Scoot is really just on a tear in Portland and putting up insane numbers and they're pretty relevant because their team's not bad depending on what they trade, uh, along with the Dame deal. But I don't know. To me, I think Scoot's the bet. Um but Chet's Chet's second. I don't think Victor has a shot.
1: Can I interest you in um some Keontae George stock?
0: I'm in on Keontae George. I was at Baylor. Um and then people, like, fell off him. He had, like, a bad second half, and people really fell off him in, like, the whole scouting process and the combine and everything like that. But I like him a lot. He he looks like exactly what Utah needs.
1: I admittedly don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I watched two Baylor games this year, and he just jumped off the fucking floor to me. So I was under the impression that he was going to be like a top seven, top 10 pick all year. And then he falls to 16 to Utah and I'm watching him. And I think to myself, I'm like, there's all right. So I don't know how to articulate this exactly, but there are moments when I'm watching specifically summer league. Actually, I think it's a good kind of stomping ground for this take is I'll watch somebody just bring the ball up the floor. That's all they're doing. They're just bringing the ball to the floor off of an inbound, and I can tell. Like it's this weird innate thing I have, whether or not they have touch. Like, like are yeah. they a hooper or are they just like a guy that's gonna like pound the ball into the ground and just? You, you, do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. It's like it's the way that he just he looks comfortable with the rock.
0: It's and, like the first impression. You know, you can yes. tell a lot about somebody before you even like shake their hand.
1: That's exactly what it is. I'm at all these AAU tournaments and I like watch kids like shoot and um, warm ups and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, we don't have to guard that kid. Yeah. Like, just literally, literally <laughs> get sag him off, room. sag off. <laughs> or or it's the inverse it's like getting his fucking shit because he can't dribble but he can shoot yeah. like just make him uncomfortable suffocate the living crap out of him like literally I said to I said to my kids this weekend I want to demoralize that fucker that's what I said to <laughs> the other team had a chubby little dude I'm like I want to make him regret he ever picked up a goddamn basketball that gets kids and,
0: so excited when oh, you like, fired up. show that emotion they're like oh fuck yeah we gotta do yeah, it yeah dude
1: they were, they were living it up Uh, but yeah it's just like I, I watched Keontae I, I didn't watch the games itself I watched the highlights so that's always gonna impact you a little bit but um yeah i'm like i feel like all of my preconceived notions of him and ideas of him came to fruition and it's just summer league i know i don't want to overreact like i don't want to like spend this pod shitting on brandon miller because he had two bad games or whatever like that's not what summer league is for summer league is to get excited about guys it's not to shit on dudes right so with Keontae, i just think that he's a big guard a la Scoot. Like, he's not 6'7", like, amen, or anything like that, but he's 6'3", 6'4", all of that, and then he's also, like, kind of filled out for an 18-, 19-year-old kid, and then it's the touch, and it's the vision, and he makes... Another thing that I I think that jumps off the screen is when you make a pass and you put rotation on it, so that way it spins and there's like a subtle wrist flick. He had a a pass like that in transition where I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's a point guard. Like he's not just a combo guard that's going to come out and like get you, you know, 13, four and four. Like he's actually a Tyreek Evans level player where it's like he go for 24, six and six at the peak of his powers.
0: Yeah and all of those like attributes that you listed all the things that he's good at he's good at and brings to the jazz uh it just all boils down to control and it feels like in the half court or in transition like he is in such control of what he's doing yes. and and yes. everything ahead of him like he from what we've seen so far and and what like you said you know maybe the NBA is a different story and it speeds up a little bit but right. from everything we've seen i mean it, it's so exciting to see This guy, especially when you pair him with people like Markinen who had an amazing year, and you pair him with what the Jazz got going on, like, I don't know. The Jazz could be pretty sneaky this year, I think.
1: Dude, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Um, Duke has a kid, Tyrese Proctor, who um, skipped a class last year, and he um, decided not to go to the NBA this year, staying at Duke. and. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, is there room for him in the NBA? He's a really good player. I fucking love Tyrese Proctor. I'm watching Marquise Noel with the Raptors. That's a kid who would have been like, like not Allen Iverson level player, but he would have been in the NBA guaranteed 25 years ago. You put up those numbers at Kansas State. You do that well in March Madness. Like You're going to the fucking league and you're going to be in rotation day one. Now the league is so fucking packed that I don't know if there's room for guys like that. So that's my thing with Keontae is I'm watching him. I'm like, Oh, he's gonna hoop. Like he's gonna be in the league. But is he gonna like? Like, does Colin Sexton need to watch his fucking back right now? Because this guy's like coming for spots yeah, out here. Yeah, and I, I think that's where NBA players are starting to separate themselves more and more with this attitude thing. It's some of these guys aren't like Sexton is built like that. I shouldn't say he's not because he's a fucking dog. But like, that's what's gonna get guys over the top. I'm watching the Clippers in summer league and Jason Preston, the kid from like that small yeah, Ohio school, yeah, was just from Ohio Bobcats. That's right. He was like. All the rave in college, and then he gets drafted in the second round. It's like, ooh, the Clippers really like Jason Preston. I watched his team put up 17 points in a quarter in the fucking summer league, and he was running the offense. Like, There's no room for him in the NBA. Like, He's not not playing over Reggie Jackson. He's maxed out. He has a great
0: story, but I think there needs to be a certain element of like you really need to be physically gifted more so than ever. People are so skilled that there needs to be a physical component or something you're bringing that's unique or something that's different or something that just stands out above the rest. And he didn't have that even when Ohio was upsetting UVA led by Preston. Like it wasn't like he was just dominating the game. He had help from, I think Vander Platt was on that team. He transferred to UVA afterwards. Look at this
1: encyclopedic knowledge about Ohio basketball, dude. That You're pulling that from somewhere sticks
0: in my head. Yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there, but uh, it, it wasn't anything that was dominant by his end. It was Ohio beating sure. UVA. So I think that plus the international pool is just like it's really oversaturating mm. everything that's happening in the draft process now. Over time, elites there's just so many different methods for you to be noticed as opposed to just March Madness.
1: I mean, the, the league is just. Ugh. I'm, I'm coaching these fucking 15s. I'm sorry for bringing this up again, but I'm coaching these 15-year-olds this week, and I'm like, they can do shit at 15 that I couldn't do at 18, Yeah, straight up. Like, they're fucking... <clears throat> these kids are like... I have a fucking sixth-grader named Anders that's putting ridiculous rotation on the ball and reverse layups, and he's finishing with both hands around the rim, and it's like, dude, in sixth grade, like, I was worried about a drop step. Like, that was yeah, what we've I was gotten, focused on.
0: we've gotten to the point, just as a basketball society, that they're it's become truly positionless. Like, if you right. have the ability and the desire and the, the you know, wherewithal to really practice something that is not typical for a big man or something that's, you know, being shorter has its limitations more so than being big, but you can kind of create who you want to be as a player, as opposed to, Hey, you're a five, you're going to mm. stand right there. Hey, you're a wing, you're going to hop out in the corner. And that's, you know, way to shoot, you know, so Whoa. I go ahead
1: no you're good it's just like it necessitates that now like you have yeah. to be able to put the ball on the floor because yeah. if you can't put the ball on the floor your opponent can and if Someone you can't move can. with him then you're fucked like yeah. you've got to be able to do a little bit of everything pretty well and then like you said specifically for the nba you have to have a physical trait that puts you over the top like i'm watching amen Thompson. and i'm like oh this guy's a next one. He's, he's a freak
0: he's like holy
1: shit he's long he's sick i think i sent it in the chat i'm like This guy feels like more athletic, like souped up Lonzo, a little bit langer. Like he's coming to the league where Lonzo, the thing that stood out to me most about him was his willingness to not dribble the ball up the floor as a point guard. Like we're so used to at that point in time, like the John Walls of the world who dribble up in a blaze and they get to the rim. But sometimes what's more impressive than that is like what Wembenyama did was he gets the rebound he looks up immediately outlet it's a snap decision it's quick we're getting it we're advancing it we're moving as a team and that's contagious right like we always talk about passing is contagious with Jokic, and i think that's what amen is bringing but on top of that like it's not just enough to be able to do that now like you have to also have a 47 inch vertical and be a fucking blazing speed dude
0: yeah and even these guys are like Question marks on the draft. You know, people were like, "Well, he's no sure thing. He's no sure thing." Mm-hmm. And it's like this dude is a freak of nature that does pretty much anything a modern wing is asked to do, or a modern you know guard is asked to do in this league. And he's still a question mark. There's still he might not make it. <laughs> he might not have the chops to do it. And it's crazy if you put him twenty years ago, this dude is dominating the league.
1: Okay, let's talk about uh, Cam Whitmore and Jabari Smith, a couple of other Rockets, because. Jabari's uh, getting off this weekend, and it goes back to the attitude thing. I loved his fucking attitude in this Pistons game, where he's looking at James Wiseman, and he's just—I didn't know he had that in him, you know. And it's that's what was just a happy last surprise. Year. Yes, yeah.
0: and yeah.
1: I, you, you think you think Ime is going to channel that shit? You think he's going to notice that? Like he's going to fucking because... harness that, and he's going to be like Jalen Green. You got to quit playing like a little pussy, dude. I need even at Auburn, Jabari he really
0: here. didn't see it a ton you know but i do think that you having a a true playmaker uh like a man like that goes a long way and he hasn't really had that going from auburn to the rockets like those are the some of the like the two worst spots to go if you're trying to develop into like an all-time great nba player Mm -hmm. and now that you have someone that that is allowing him to have that space on the court and to have things flow through him I don't. The Rockets look scary. Like they're a young core. They might need to trade Jalen Green because what they have going on outside of him, like that, makes me excited.
1: Well, I like what Udoka said. He was like, "Hey, the starting fives up for grabs." Like, yeah, and it should there. be. And they just, you know, gave Fred VanVleet a lot of money, so they'll probably start him just because he's Fred VanVleet and he's going to be making 130 million dollars. I wonder yeah. how Udoka feels about that. Um, and then Dylan Brooks. 80 million dollars whatever it is but it's like they couldn't do the thing that they've done the last couple years where they just roll the ball out and let kevin porter jr and jalen green take 45 combined shots and try to do a ball's life mixtape on the court because you're just going to get thrashed by 30 every time that you do that yeah so i expect udoka to bring the stability and the competitiveness but they do have the talent like you mentioned, like I like Shingun a lot, but he's gonna have to get better defensively. Yeah. I like Jabari a lot, but he's gonna have to be able to create a shot a little bit better. And he's doing that in the Summer League right now. Like he's giving some crossover combos and getting into sidesteps and things of that nature.
0: Efficiently but, too. It's not like he's just kind of finding his rhythm, you know? Like he's right. found it, he's established it and he's
1: It's not eleven to you know, twelve dribbles, it's yep. two to three yeah. dribbles. Yeah. And that's where it's like if you play one-on-one with somebody, like, you can tell whether or not somebody can hoop if you can play one-on-one and have a four dribble limit or something like that versus yeah. you see the kid, like, taking 25 seconds out of the shot clock and just chewing it up and, like, being like... Yeah, and
0: you're not what? even having to shift defensively. Right, exactly. And in front of him the whole time.
1: No, I, I mean, I'm just really excited about the summer league class. Um It's been really fun to watch. It's been... One of those things where it's like, I always forget that it's coming, and then it comes, and it's all anybody yeah. talks about for like a week, and then it keeps going, and people don't talk about it as much anymore. Yeah, It's like the is, championship yeah. gets less attention than the first two games, <laughs> which is so weird. It's like that doesn't happen to any other sport except for the fucking NBA Summer League, and that's probably why Weminyama got so much attention for his not great first game because there's you, literally nothing else going on.
0: Did you watch that game live, that first game?
1: Um. So. I was coaching, and then I came back. Um, ended up going out that night, actually. But I came back and I rewatched the first half. So I rewinded a uh, YouTube TV, fast forwarded the commercials, yeah. fast forwarded through um, when they took him out of the game, um, and just watched the first half of him, pretty much.
0: Dude, you could just sense the nervous energy, like from yeah. the TV screen,
1: just 100.
0: Especially after the way that the Houston game had ended right before, with that insane. Who was that? That. Through that pass, it was Eason, right to Jabari.
1: Oh, for that yeah, he fucking like wrapped
0: like, it around his head. Yeah, it was like a it. sky that hook, was, Yeah, he's been amazing too, Eason. I Tari. think they shut him down too. Yeah, I like Another him a dog. Lot. He's Another been awesome. Fucking he's dog. Been awesome. He's a
1: grit monster, dude.
0: But yeah, you could just sense the nervous energy. Like it was kind of like you knew the game was not going to be what everyone thought it was going to be before that. Are you
1: sure that wasn't your own internal anxiety, just kind of coming maybe, up?
0: Maybe, dude. I was stress that entire like building up to it and the pretty spear shit as dude, that was a wreck him.
1: like i'm not i'm not worried about him at all like i think it's all gonna come and the other thing with him after i know i'm supposed to be nervous about this stuff like because of chris Stapps and Embiid and yeah um i'm fucking Bargnani and kevin durant and all these guys that are seven foot skilled dudes i think that His preparation over the last six years and like really taking his body seriously is such an advantage that I don't think those other guys had when they were that age.
0: Yeah, he has
1: the fucking weird crab crawl where he's on all of his fingers and toes, (laughs) and it's like, (laughs) that's amazing.
0: Yeah, like
1: I don't know if I could do that. Like, he, like, uh, I think it's unbelievable. And he's he knows what his pain points are, and he's going to do the best he can and everything that he can to make sure that those weaknesses become not weaknesses anymore, not strengths necessarily, but like, yeah, I, I he's really, smart. he's smart. I don't, I don't want to jinx it. I'm sorry. But like, I think that he's going to have a long, healthy career. I hope so. I know you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> okay. What what are your expectations for him this year? Can you give me a stat line and a record for the Spurs? I'll the give West you, is tough this year.
0: I'll give you. He's
1: he's gonna go for 15 points per game. Okay. I'll give you nine and a half rebounds and uh, three assists. But then the 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 big thing is gonna be he's gonna average three and a half blocks a game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I was thinking like 16, 17 points per game. I think he averages a double double. I mean, he's okay. the rebounds, and he's gonna yeah, get. Okay, yeah, okay, like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you Ten point four
1: rebounds. I'll give you ten point four boards.
0: Just some of the places that he was when the rebound went up, I feel like he could get it. Like, I think he's going to realize his athleticism. So I think he's going over 10 rebounds. I'll say 10 and a half. I'll say six assists.
1: Oh! I think oh so. Oh, my man. God. Dude, you think he's through holiday?
0: That was the saving grace for the first game. Like, some of the passes that he were making, mm-hmm. and they weren't able mm-hmm. to finish them because they're, you know, G some League players. at best type yeah. players. But like he had in it was in like the first half, he had this pass where his arm just kept going and he just like wrapped it around the defender for an easy layup. Mm-hmm. It was I like it, it was just a pass that I'd never would have envisioned. So I I maybe six is too high. Maybe we'll go maybe we'll go five. And I think the Spurs I think they're in a similar position. I don't think they did anything to really move the needle. I think they're gonna bring Wemby along slow. I don't know how many games he plays. I would say they're probably, uh, I would say probably thirty win team.
1: Thirty wins and they win the NBA Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they win the NBA Cup. All their young prospects, they take it <laughs> the home. The
1: inaugural NBA Cup. What do you think to... about?
0: What do you think about the Trey Jones fit with Wimby? I like
1: it. Yeah. So. Trey's interesting because he's gotten a little bit of a better jump shot since he's been with the Spurs, which was really the biggest thing he needed to work on. I think the thing with Trey is going to be, are you going to be Tyus, Monte Morris level player, or can you go a step above that where those guys are really good floor generals and facilitators offensively. They get guys in the right spots, but where Trey could separate himself is he could be, not alvarado defensively but somewhere in that arena because that was his best attribute at duke he was a really good defender and i mean i'm really excited to watch the spurs this year like that's the first time i've said that since boris dia was running point forward so I'm, i'm fucking fired up um but yeah this is going to be a hey i actually do have a question yeah leonard miller the Spurs, they drafted him, did they not? And he just ended up with the Timberwolves? Like, they traded him? He's like the 33rd pick or yeah, something along those yeah, lines? They, what it happened was there?
0: Like, it was a draft night trade. Like, it, it okay. had it. They didn't mention it when the trade was happening. But when the Spurs were picking, it pulled up, like, the, the Timberwolves icon. So uh-huh. it was, like, implying that the trade was happening. And then they picked, it, they picked Miller. I was really sad because I liked him.
1: I like I him a lot. A I was looking yeah. for him the other day. Yeah, I was awesome. like, "Where is he?" Yeah, he's been really good. I was like, yeah, oh, he's, "He's on the fucking really Timberwolves." I, I know. Right. I'm so sad. At least you got Wemby now. So you'll be alright. Yeah,
0: I can't really be bitching.
1: All right. Well, hey, thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking Wemby with me. I'm I sure we'll be doing it. a lot more of it. Um, yes, sir. This is underage dunking. We'll have to come up with some kind of like little bit at the end of underage dunking where yeah, like we'll send, yeah, we'll send a Yeah, not segment. even that, but like, yeah, a segment where it's like. I don't know, the jewel pot of the week. Like, these kids can't drink, but they can vape. I'm not sure. We'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. But dope. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back, I think, later this week, talking about Mission Possible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is going to be fucking sick. And then get ready for Barbie and Oppenheimer next week. Until then, we will see you guys on the other side. Peace out.
0: Silence your cell phones now.